All right. Welcome back to another great episode. I'm looking forward to this one because my guest, Dan Cricks. Dan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it myself. Yeah, you've got a great new book right here. Liberty, Freedom, and Business. As my intro was planned, I'm just kind of reminiscing about my move from Canada to the States, to Pennsylvania, where my family lived and I now live. And, you know, a big chunk of that was because of NAFTA. My father, you know, his trucking business was uh, in the column of, you know, other some smaller uh, industries and smaller instances that were negatively affected by that. And it just made sense to move here to the States for a multitude of reasons, one of which being taxes, which I know anybody that believes in liberty, freedom, and the American dream kind of really doesn't get down with taxes. We kind of loathe taxes. Um, sure do. More, yeah, more often than not, we're the producers and um, I mean, man, I can point to so many stories and make so many arguments, but uh, that's for another show. We want to talk about the book. We want to talk about liberty and freedom. So, Dan, welcome. Welcome back into the show. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So this book's pretty interesting because it's not just you. It's it's a compilation of yes. American dream stories. What prompted you to want to write the book? Well, Jeff, so... Today is what prompted me to want to write the book. You know, there's so many folks out there today that are pushing a narrative of everybody is a victim. And it doesn't matter what happens, you're a victim. And they always want to blame somebody else and make themselves a a victim. And I could have easily fallen into that. And I want people to know that that doesn't have to be that way. And, uh, you know, there's there's a number, like you said, of other chapters in the book. Uh, one is a, a uh, woman who writes about being an immigrant that was bullied and how she overcame that. And uh, if anyone has overcome some some tough things in their personal life and in their business life, it's it's me. And actually, I there's a number of things in this book that I've never shared before, even with uh, my kids. And. Uh, some of them saw it for the first time in the book. And uh, uh, it's not something that I walked around and said, oh, look at how tough things were for me. I never saw it that way. Okay. I never saw myself as a victim. I saw myself as, okay, let's, let's move on. Let's overcome this. And uh, again, you hear so many, especially uh, young folks. And when I say young folks, <clears throat> I'm talking 40 and under, 40-ish Everybody wants to be a victim, and uh, there's a lot of forces out there that want to tell everyone they're a victim, and and you are owed this, and you deserve this. And as you mentioned before, with us being the producers, uh, we're the ones supplying all of that. And and, uh, I think they're robbing people of their opportunity and their potential by turning them into victims. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you use the word um, deserved in there. And that's a word that I use very sparingly, if at all, uh, because I believe it's an entitlement word. It begins this entitlement mindset uh, in your subconscious. If you say, well, you know, I deserve this vacation. I deserve this car. I deserve uh, to take more, uh, more of a draw from the company money. All of, all of those things may be able to be afforded 
But the question is, have they been earned? That I, I agree a hundred percent. So I trade those words deserved and earned, and I catch myself at times. Uh, now it's kind of like muscle memory. If it does pop in, I consciously, subconsciously, vocally type out on a keyboard earned instead of deserve because or earn, you know, whatever tenses, et cetera. Um, I always look to use the word earned. And, you know, like this medium that we're on right now, a podcast platform. And while Chris at Cast Ahead is fantastic for podcast production, I can't recommend them enough. The reality is in today's society, with the amount of technology that we have, uh, anyone with a smartphone can broadcast their message, their story, their business in a multitude of ways, including a podcast with their smartphone. You know, and I, you know, I'm not sure what the Venn diagram is of people in society without a smartphone and access to Wi-Fi and cell phone plans because it's largely everywhere. But I think the people that have a message to share can absolutely share it and it's already in their hand. They have to go take that initiative. That's exactly right. And that's part of what I wanted to express in the book is that the opportunities are there. You have to go get them. Uh, you, you, you know, get past this thing of woe is me and go get it. You know, I, I think I shared it in the book. Well, I know I shared uh, a couple incidences where I was almost out of business. Okay. And I didn't feel like anybody owed me, but I fought. And, and because of the way I grew up, uh, I had to, I, I was a survivor. I learned to be a survivor and I learned to be a fighter and I wasn't willing to go down, uh, without a fight. And, and I think I share in there, uh, one of the stories is I was hours away from going out of business, uh, with a franchise, uh, that I had. And I was with, uh, the finance guy from the company at 11 o'clock at night fighting. Okay. Literally fighting. Uh, and, uh, uh, I won. I won and, and went on to, to grow that business and be one of their most successful franchises in the area. And, uh, it, just because I wouldn't go away. Okay. And I wasn't willing to accept failure. Okay. And, you know, it's not because I'm the brightest guy in, 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 on the planet. I don't have multiple degrees. I don't have all this extra talent. I just learned that if you want it, you have to go get it and you have to be willing to fight for it. And most people have that capacity. They just have to believe and know. And and unfortunately, too many of them being taught today, well, I'm a victim. I can't do this because, okay? And I, I want to approach it. You can do this. You can do this because. Yeah, if you want, if you want a good insight into what our youth are being taught and you are skeptical of what Dan sh- has shared and, and will share here on our show today and all the things that, that I've shared, you know, I talk an awful lot on our show about my involvement uh, of getting skills and careers and, and career centers, trade centers more into the high school curriculum. Really that goal is, is to, to affect that better nationwide, not just in my backyard. But if you want an insight into what 
our students are facing today in school, what our teachers are facing today in school, the conflict that exists between the two groups, and it might be a harsh word to say conflict between student and teacher, but I'll drop a website. When you go there, you're getting you're getting insights right from teachers. It's 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 on Reddit. Uh, Reddit's a social social media ish platform of sorts. It's a big big platform of all different kinds of interests. You know, I'm on there for F-150 trucks, classics, and diesel trucks because I have a 250 diesel truck. And, you know, I go on there for mattresses and for entrepreneurship, all kinds of things. But reddit.com forward slash teachers is an amazing, uh, you know, kind of look over the shoulder, fly on the wall resource. And if you're in any way compassionate to teachers and students or both, if you're in any way interested in seeing our future generation succeed, take a look and maybe there's a skill, maybe there's something that you can offer to your local school, your local career trade center, uh, sitting on a board, volunteering, um, a career day, anything could, could help these kids out. I'm, I'm positive of it. That's my little message there. Well, you, you know, Jeff, I just wanted to share with you on that on that topic. That's part of what motivated me to do this book. I work with kids here in my area at the high school and at the middle school. Uh, we have a group of, of kids uh, that are in a program at our high school, and it's for at-risk kids, at risk of failing. And usually eighth or ninth grade, they're identified uh, as being at risk, and they're put into this program. And it's a bit of a tough love program. And when I first learned about this program, uh, I immediately, I, I got involved with my local Rotary Club. I belong to the Strongsville uh, Rotary Club. And the uh, teacher came and spoke with us and we met a few of the kids. And afterwards, I said, we got we, we to gotta work with this program because that would have been me. And, and a lot of these kids are, are in the jackpot through no fault of their own. And a lot of times... It's because of uh, things that are going on within their family, their parents, what have you. Uh, some of them have a parent who's in jail. They have a parent who's uh, on drugs or alcoholic. And, and, and I don't live in a poor area, okay? Uh, a lot of people were, were surprised to find out that there were these kinds of people. I spoke with one, I, I, and I've been to the high school and talked with these kids on many occasions. I've given them books uh, in the past. Talked with one young man, talked about how tough it was staying in school. And he told me, yeah, my, my uh, dad passed away in November and my mom passed away in February. And here's a 16-year-old kid trying to get through. And now he lives with his grandmother and he's fighting to do it. And, and he just needs a little bit of extra uh, uh, motivation, a little bit of time spent with him. I spoke with a young lady who told me that uh, sometimes when she gets up in the morning, her mom was an alcoholic and her dad wasn't around. Her mom would tell her, don't go to school today. Stay home with me. Now, you know, at that age, a lot of kids are looking for any excuse not to go to school, right? And uh, and uh, here's the parents saying, don't do it. And so when I spoke to her, I said, look, you have, to, you have to do what's best for you. You can't fix mom, okay? You have to do what's best for you and keep that as your number one focus well, I was lucky enough to be there uh, at her uh, graduation, the awards part of her graduation, and present her with an award. And something oh, that they fantastic. Well, it, it, it was great, and something they do with these kids that were getting rewards 
awards where they would have the parent come up and say something. Well, her mom went up and talked about how she was her best friend and all these great things. Well, when I handed her the award, I gave her a hug and I said in her ear, I said, so are things really that good now? And she goes, no, I can't wait to get out. And see, and and because she was in this program, she got some positive reinforcement. She got people to to, uh, let her know that there was more than what she was dealing with at home and people who were willing to help her. And like I said, 99% of these kids are in the jackpot through no fault of their own. And, and they don't know anything different until we intervene. And so I spend a lot of time. Uh, I set up a program to give scholarships to these kids, the ones that could go to college, because, you know, I've been at the scholarship awards programs and all the kids coming up. You have some kids getting three, four, five scholarships. They have a 4.2. They have a 4.5. They have a 4.0. Well, these kids that were close to failing in the ninth grade or 10th grade, these GPAs are cumulative. Maybe their junior year, they had a 4-0 and their senior year, they had a 4-0, but they're still at a 3-2 because those first couple of years weren't good. They get passed right over. They get passed right over. So we set up a, a program and, and uh, I started the program because when I went to our club, they said, we don't have the money to do this scholarship. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll put the money in. I'll donate the money to the club. Let's do it. And the next year we came back and and they had the money. And then we went to three three scholarships and we went to five scholarships. And I'm going to uh, meet one of these young ladies uh, uh, tomorrow morning at our Rotary Club meeting who was in a situation in school where somebody shared pictures of her around the whole school. And, you know, at uh, 17 years old, when that happens, you know, that can devastate somebody, right? Yeah. and it does. I, I I have a friend of mine whose daughter committed suicide because of something like that. Oh, and so sorry. And we were able to intervene for this young lady. She, instead of saying, I want to get away from this, she said, no, I'm going to meet it head on. Okay. And the people who were doing it identified. And she ended up talking to younger students about what happens when this happens. She kind of rebuilt her reputation and went on to college and and graduated and has an awesome career, got married, has a baby. You know, had we not intervened, who knows where that life may have went. And, uh, yeah. that, and, and again, that's part of the message here. Hey, just because, you know, some of these kids think one of these incidents can ruin their lives. And you know, and I know that that doesn't have to be the case. Uh, we've right. overcome so many things. And they just need to know there's hope there. And that on the other side of this, there can be better things. I wish the uh, young lady who, who committed suicide had been had this program around and it may have made a difference for her. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, so much greatness there on what you shared. Thank you for doing what you're doing for the kids there in Strongsville. Is that what I heard? Strongsville, yes. Ohio? Yeah, yes. Fantastic. You know, we do we do a podcast show locally for our store, um, and and because of that, we have people reach out. Teachers have reached out, like, "Hey, I've got this kid sleeping on the floor. I, it took me a little while to figure out why he was always tired, but I got it. Could you help?" That answer is always yes. I mean, and that feels good, but I I, I always want to do more. And um, I would just challenge anybody listening: do be like Dan, right? 
identify a problem, see a problem, then step in and do something. And even if it's even if it's one five hundred dollar scholarship to start from your business or your own personal account, that's a start, and that's the hardest part of anything. And that's you know I think to kind of like put a neat little bow on this is that's what these kids need to understand in life is that once they get started and find a find a waypoint, find a direction, things become a lot easier. And then it's just a commitment to get to that goal. But we got to help them find that goal. We got to we got to help them be interested in their success. Um, man, I love everything you're doing there. Um, so you shared in the book, you shared some stuff that your family hadn't heard uh, about being, you know, being a survivor that that struggle to triumph. Can we tease a little bit? Tease one or two things with our listeners about the book, or is that all well, right? Sure, sure. Uh, you, you know, it's one of the things that that my kids never heard before was um, I never knew who my mom or dad was until I was about four years old. I lived with other family members and uh, uh, I, I lived with an uncle for a while and uh, wasn't really wanted there. And then he passed away unexpectedly. And so I was bounced around. And I think I met my mom when I was a little less than five years old and I met her in a bar. Okay. Oh, wow. And yeah. And, uh, and when I went to live with her, I found out I had a sister I didn't know I had, and she was living with another relative. And and these relatives, I guess, finally got to the point where they said, "Hey, it's time for you to take the kids." And and uh, I I uh, met my sister, and and we grew up together, and uh, we grew up poor. Okay, there's no other way to say it. We we grew up poor, but the one thing that was always true in our house, even though we were poor, our house was clean, and our clothes. Uh, looked decent. You know, some of them were sewed together and patched, had patches and stuff like that. But these are things my kids never learned about. Okay. Right. And, and I think that prepped me for my life later on. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. I had to keep overcoming. I, I started working. I was eight years old out of necessity. And uh, mm. what was that? What was that job? Well, it, uh, we used to have a, a, a ice cream and candy place that, that you could go down and I would get a basket full of peanuts and candy bars. And I would walk through factories and office buildings in the area and sell candies, candy and uh, peanuts uh, for snacks and what have you. And I was only paid on what I sold. So it wasn't like I could go out and chill out for a couple hours. If I didn't sell anything, I didn't make any money. Most honorable way to make money. Sell things. Yeah. yeah. It, it, well, it's kind of like bus- being in business, right? Mm-hmm. If we don't produce, we don't make any money. And so that's what I, that's why I say I kind of, it kind of prepped me. And, uh, uh, and, and, and then I went out and had a, a newspaper route when I got a little bit older. And, and the same thing, you only get paid on how many customers you have, how many you deliver. And, and so I constantly worked to get more new customers, sometimes knocked on doors and, and what have you. And, and, uh, like I said, it, it prepped me for being in business for myself at that time. I never knew I was going to be in business for myself. Uh, but, uh, it didn't take long for, for the bug to hit me. Um, when I was very young, I started working at Ford motor company and, um, yeah, I worked on the assembly line and knew that was not what I wanted to do. And so, 
Uh, I went about doing some other things and and went through that process and learned a lot there, learned about the politics of being in business, uh, you, you know, working for large companies and what have you, and uh, decided that that wasn't for me also. But while I was doing that, I was working to to, to get into business for myself. Yeah. Yeah. What, because uh, I'm a Ford guy, what, what, uh, what product, what, what vehicle were you on? I was in an engine plant. I worked in an engine plant. Okay. And, and yeah. we build engines of all shapes and all sizes. All the different engine types. Yeah. Yeah. I started out in a foundry and, uh, wow. Oh, that's work. Wow. Yeah. That was, uh, that was, uh, I, I worked on a heat treatment oven and, uh, it, it was so bad in the summertime that every, hour they had to give us a break so we could get fluids in us and salt even yeah um, yeah so yeah, to help retain yeah yeah uh going back to the the peanuts that uh, you said peanuts and candy bars is that right yep biggest seller was baby ruth yeah so <laughs> you know that's the that's the second time now that i've heard about that actually jim gardner the namesake of the retail store i co-own he um yeah he uh sold pretzels. He was a York kid, York, Pennsylvania. There's a bunch of pretzel companies in York, PA. And I, I forget the one that he sold, but as a kid, he did the same thing. So my question around that is obviously a lot of lessons. You probably met people. They probably, in a way, kind of took you under their wing a little bit. Do you think? Do you think that age undid some of the damage maybe in your heart or in your mind from from those infancy years, because that, anything under seven, we know, has a tremendous framing on, you know, what happens in later in life. You know, those, those that eight on and teenage years, young adult years. Uh, do, you th- do you think anything uh, kind of repaired itself in those early formative years where you're on your own, making your own way? Well, you know, I think Jeff that it goes back to something you said way back in the beginning. I never felt like I deserved anything. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I've ever said that. Hey, I deserve this. Okay. I earn this and that gives me a sense of pride. Okay. Uh, there's no pride in me saying, Hey, I deserve this, but I went out and earned and that's it. I learned early on that, that, Hey, it was what it was, you know, with my young family life and. If I wanted more, I had to earn more. If I wanted something, I had to work harder to get it. I, I remember when I had the paper route, I'd never had a bike. Okay. Never had a bicycle. And uh, there was a contest. And one of the things that you could win was a bicycle. And it was all based on how many new customers you brought in. I wanted a new bike. I never had a new bike. It was, it was a red bike. And, and I got enough customers to be able to have that bike. And, and I even won a trip to Canada, Montreal Expo, Expo 67. And uh, again, from that paper route. And again, I never felt like I deserved anything. When I was selling peanuts and going into those factories and office buildings, I got grief a lot of times. You know, guys would say, hey, kid, get out of here. Don't bug me. And uh, I didn't get upset and start crying and uh, feel bad. I just moved on to the next one. Hey, maybe this guy isn't the guy, you know, and moved on to the next one. You were learning you needed some no's to get to those yeses. Exactly right. And, and, and I wasn't willing to let a no defeat me, uh, partly because I didn't have a choice. Okay. Yeah. It was just that simple. And so, yeah, I, 
I, I think it kind of flushed that stuff out of me. And, you know, my wife grew up in a different situation. She, she had uh, both parents there. Uh, uh, her dad had a really good job. They, 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 they lived a good life. And she has said to me a number of times, she goes, do you ever feel bad that you missed out on some things as being a kid? And I said, you know, I don't, I don't think about it that way. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't think about what I mean. I thought I had a pretty good childhood knowing that, you know, I didn't know any better. And uh, I enjoyed it. I got to play sports. And uh, but work was a big part of my childhood. And I, I don't think that's so bad. No, it's you know, it's not. You're talking about your paper route. You know, you went out, sold your butt off, earned that bike, won it because you earned the opportunity to win it. You won the trip. You know, it, it, as you're talking about that, it dawns on me. I can't remember. The last time a kid came to my door, in the, and I live in a neighborhood that's got kids all over the place. I mean, there's a bus stop down the street, four houses down. Um, I can't remember the last time a kid came to the store selling the chocolate bars from the chocolate bar kit they get from school or the popcorn from Scouts. Um, but I do know this much. I see mom and dad emailing me, messaging me on social media, putting it in Facebook groups. Hey, my kid's selling this. Like, put your kid out there. They're not going to get hurt going door to door selling a candy bar. You know, winter's coming on us. I don't know about you, Dan, but back in the day when I was a kid, I'd go door to door and ask to shovel somebody's driveway and sidewalk. Absolutely. I love snow days. I'd make two, 300 bucks in those days. And back in the early 90s, that was like money. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And uh, I don't, we don't have anybody doing that anymore. Why, why do you think that is? I blame the parents. You know, uh, uh, Jim Tressel, who was a, a, a national championship winning coach at Ohio State, uh, we had him speak at our Rotary Club one time, and, and, and somebody raised their hand and said, what do you see is the biggest difference with kids today? And he said something that was so spot on in my mind. He goes, there's nothing different about these kids today. What's different is the way the parents are uh, uh, talking to them and teaching them. They're trying to do everything for them. It's the parents that are different. It's not the kids. The kids still want the same thing. They want to be accepted. They want to have friends. It's, it's, they're the same. It's what they're getting from the, the, the parents. And so the parents are doing it for them and they're not doing them any favors. You know, I had a young man uh, about two years ago. I was out working in the yard. I came by with another young man and they were selling something and I had a lot to do and I was ready to blow this kid off and say, no, nah, I'm not interested. And he says, uh, Mr. Cricks, you probably don't remember me. And he told me his name. He goes, uh, I was kind of a problem kid and not too many people liked me in the neighborhood because I was always getting in trouble and doing things I couldn't do. And when I looked at him, then I remembered him. And he's right. He He's right. And he goes... <clears throat> But I've turned myself around now. He goes, I'm getting good grades in school and I'm playing on the football team and I'm doing this so our football team can do this and this. And I bought. Okay. I bought. Because just like you said, here, this kid's out doing it. He's not letting his parents do it for him. Okay. And the fact that, and again, it goes back to kind of what I said, just because that's what you did doesn't mean that has to define the rest of your life. You know, 
we all did stupid things when we were kids. Big difference between you and I and these kids today, there wasn't a cell phone there to record it and put it out on the internet, you know? Uh, but even given that, that doesn't mean, just like the young lady that I mentioned where some pictures were put out on her, that doesn't mean that it has to define the rest of their life. And, and the same is true of somebody who's 40 years old, okay? There's time to move on. You can, you, you just have to keep going. You have to keep doing it. The thing about just because you're 40, you don't have to let something that happened in your mid-30s define you. You know, I was sitting with a financial planner years ago. Uh, this might have been 08. I'm looking like, I want to retire at 55, right? That's what my grandfather did, kind of. Um, he he still continued to putter away in his workshop. and um, But uh, he's like, you realize like 55 is the new 75. You know, we're younger now. This picture you've had in your mind up to this point, I get why it happened. But, you know, there's a lot to be done. Yeah, at 40, for some people, they they reinvent their entire life. They reinvented at 50, 60. And so, yeah, you don't have to let things um, let things define you for too long. You can always uh, break away, break through, reset. That's what's beautiful about our nation. You're not... You're not born into a system. You're not born into a caste. You're not born into a level. Uh, I mean, gosh, if you're born as a as a woman in China, that's a sad, that's a sad existence, just right there in and of itself. And we don't have that here. Well, and, and that's one of the cool things. Uh, and, and this book, you, you know, I've co-authored a couple of them. You 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 mentioned the uh, ultimate success secret earlier that I co-authored with Dan. This one is the one I'm kind of most proud of, uh, not just because of what I put in there, but what some of the other uh, authors put in there. And the whole idea is like what you were just talking about. You're in America, and there's a number of stories of, of people in there who had to overcome a whole lot. And it's opportunity. There's opportunity for a lot of people. And, and, and like I said, that's one of the reasons I'm most proud of, of this book is because it it gets that story out there. And in, in fact, I, I mentioned that group to you. Uh, I'm getting together uh, in our Rotary Club. They want me to talk about this book. And I'm going to invite uh, the young man with the students who are at risk to be there. Because my message is really going to be for them. And he's already asked me. He, he bought the book. Um, and he already asked me to talk to about 25 of the kids a couple weeks ago. And uh, 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 you can just see a difference with these kids that work with him. The young man, I was walking by him. He said, hi. Now, you don't see too many kids that are 14 years old today will stop a strange adult and say hello. And he smiled at me. And I was real busy and I walked by him. And so when I went back in to talk to the kids uh, and he introduced me, and the first thing I said, who is the young man that said hello to me in the hall? And the kid kind of put his head down and thought, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. And uh, <laughs> and I said, hey, I want to thank you for that. I said, I apologize that I was on my way to somewhere and I didn't really get a chance to respond. I put my hand out. I shook his hand. All of a sudden, that look on his face changed to a smile. Okay. And, and that's what we want to do with these kids. And a message I had for him, for all of them, is they were going to come in and help serve senior citizens. We were having a Christmas luncheon for senior citizens. And they came to volunteer to help serve. And I said, I, I, I just asked you guys to do one thing. Take a second to talk to these seniors. 
smile at them. I said, a lot of them don't get much time where they get to be around people and they love kids. They love being able to talk to kids if the kids will talk to them. I said, so the one challenge I have for you today, I said, you're going to make their day, maybe their week, just by smiling and talking with them. And uh, these young people, because this, this guy has been working with them, you can see a whole difference in them between them and the kids that haven't been through that program. And uh, uh, it, it's it's a beautiful thing. And and again, that's part of what motivated me to, to, to write this book. And, you know, you mentioned retirement and a lot of people my age are retired and I could be retired. And one of the reasons I didn't retire is because I love what I'm doing. Uh, you know, I get to work with business owners all over the world and helping them to grow their business and turn things around. And one of the big things for them is, uh, you, you know, especially small business owners, and you know this, Jeff, they have sometimes don't get outside of their own world. And th- they spend most of their time struggling to survive in business. And I want to show them, hey, okay, let's get you past the survival. Let's get you on to success and then on to growth and then real success so that, you know, you don't own a job, you own a business. And then get you to the point where you can not have to spend 70, 80 hours a week in your business to where you remember why you're doing this. You remember that you're doing this for your family so they can have a good, but what they really want is you. They want time with you. Okay. And ultimately, that's what you want. And so I, you know, I got a, a letter from a client's wife one time. And she said, I just want to thank you for what you helped my husband with his business. For the first time in seven years, he could afford to take a vacation with us. That's that's pretty awesome. Okay. And and that's why I haven't retired. I enjoy doing it. I I get a chance to to learn about a lot of different businesses and help these people uh, market their business, grow their business, and eat, get to the point where we can start talking about increasing profit margins. Yeah, love it. Uh, as we look to wrap up our time, I, I want to really bring home the point of the book. You know, you're going you're gonna to get this book in front of young, young adults. Uh, adults can buy it too. Obviously, it's for everybody to read. Um, but I think one thing that's really important to point out is the folks that are in this book are going to look like I don't I don't know the makeup of the population of kids you have so I have no you know I have no way of knowing that but the thing that's cool is you got women in this book you've got immigrants in this book you got all different types of people in this book um, and that's what I like the most about it because it's stories from all different perspectives all different lived experiences and you're using your skills this is a big thing for me that's why in my book space for leadership. I brought in 12 other people because I believe that that's a thing that leaders need to do is when we establish a platform, when we establish a level of success, what do we do with it? We can't just keep it all for ourselves. That's a pretty rough way to see the world go around. You're doing that in your own way through Rotary, through the high school. Um, but I love that you've, that you've brought others in. Um, just a, a couple other little teasers on the book. Obviously, we want people to get it, and we've been showing it on the screen, and we'll have it in the notes. But a couple other little stories that uh, that really uh, you feel connected to in the book. Well, you hit on something, Jeff. Is is the the diversity of of people, ages, gender, 
uh, where they came from in the book. And, and one of the reasons I like it, and again, why I'm so proud of it, is, you know, a lot of people who read the book or see this podcast, they may not be able to relate to me, okay? But within that book, they're going to find somebody that they can relate to. And if they can relate to say, wow, yeah, I know what that is. I know how, they know how I feel. I once had a client tell me I was going over some things with him. I said, now look, this is what's going to happen. And when we're done, he goes, I feel like you spent the last hour in my office. How do you know all of that? Okay. And again, because I've been there and I've done it and, and because of how many different people I've worked with. So, you know, again, there's a lot of those things in the book. And like I said, for me, one of my favorite chapters is chapter six, and that's the immigrant woman who talks about coming here and all of the things she was bullied and the things that she had to overcome. Do we hear a lot about kids getting bullied today? We sure do. Okay. And uh, for, for some people, it, it destroys their lives. And here's someone talking about, hey, that was me. And here's what happened. And look where I'm at today. I'm a successful business person. Okay. And so, uh, and, and the other thing is, I'm going to share this with young people, but this is really, really important for business owners who feel like they're struggling in their business, like they can't get to the next level. They don't know where to go. That's, that's, I was at that point. I thought like, Hey, I, I, I got to get to the next level or I'm getting out of business. And fortunately, I found Dan Kennedy and, and I started learning how to market my business. And there's a lot of people who feel like they're in that treadmill. And the thing that I talk about a lot is I see a lot of business owners that get to the 20 yard line. And I'm a football fan, as you can yeah. tell, but uh, they, they get to the red zone, but they can't punch it in. Okay. They can't get that extra last 20 yards, 10 yards. And that's where I come in. I can help them do that. And hopefully this book will contribute to helping them do that. Love it. So you can get the book, greatresultsmarketing.com slash liberty dash business dash freedom. Right. I believe I have that right. We've been showing it on the screen. We'll have it in the show notes. Um, you know, you talked as, as we wrap up here last minute or so, um, you talked about Dan Kennedy. Dan's uh, a friend, a mentor, a hero of mine. I've got all those books downstairs in my business office downstairs. You know, this is the thing. I mean, th these phones are so darn powerful. And, you know, it used to be you had to go buy Dan's physical books. Now you can get them you know, electronic versions, whatever platform you use. And it's, a, and it's a fraction of what it was. I mean, the barrier to entry of knowledge is so low today that there really is no excuse to not succeed because you, you don't even have to go buy something on Kindle. You can just search it on YouTube. You can preview it on Amazon, um, you know, for a paltry subscription to, uh, What's the what's the Amazon ebook subscription service? I'm I'm it's not Audible, that's the listen one, it's the other one. Yeah. But it's it's like six dollars a month. And um there's so much access that you have and we can use it. And so it's all about taking that step to success that we have to take on our own. Any final thoughts there, uh, Dan, as we wrap up? Well, uh, yeah, you know, if folks go to the, the website, the greatresultsmarketing.com, I have a free report that they can get there uh, and no strings attached. Uh, they, they just have to put their information and that's it right there. The top 10 mega marketing mistakes and they can find out how to stop being an advertising victim. A lot of folks 
uh, are leery about marketing and feel like, uh, you know, I don't want to do that because I'll waste my money, so on and so forth. So that report helps with that. Uh, that uh, allows them to get that information. And like you said, there's no barrier to entry. It's free. Okay. And and, and I do a thing. I, I write a couple of newsletters and, and I do one segment that says things I probably shouldn't tell you. Right. And one of the ones that I did recently was um, most authors put some of their best stuff in their books. Okay. And Dan Kennedy has said this, his best stuff is in his books. And a lot of the stuff that's in his books, people pay hundreds of even thousands of dollars to get. If they would get the book and read it, they would have most of that information. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. So your best stuff's out there in the book, in the reports. We'd love for you to get it. Uh, you can connect with Dan more at greatresultsmarketing.com. I'm sure there's a button on there to get the book, but if you just want to get the book directly, greatresultsmarketing.com slash liberty dash business. I'm sorry, liberty dash freedom dash business right there on the screen. We'll get it right in the show notes for you. Um, but uh, Dan, this has been a lot of fun. Really appreciate you stopping by. Thank you. Thank you for authoring this. People need to see it, hear it, read it and embody it for themselves, for their communities and those around them that they can help to bring that dream to them. So thank you. Well, I want to thank you for what you do. You know, I've been watching and paying attention and hearing from Pete and uh, 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 it's been awesome. The things that you've been able to do and now doing this with the podcast, it's just an extension of what we've been talking about. You put things out there to help people. Okay. And Again, what's it cost for them to, to see your podcast? Nothing, just the time. Be focused, intentional with your time. Exactly. And you share, you have some great guests on your show that share some awesome information with them. So there's no excuse as a barrier to entry. There's none. And so thank you for doing that. Uh, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Dan, thanks for stopping by. Uh, really enjoyed our time together everyone else be sure to like subscribe follow this show that would help me a lot if you hit that subscribe button hit that follow button share this out uh you know i would just really be honored if you could do that for me it helps the show grow helps it be seen helps others get it and so please do that right here right now before we jump off and then once you do that stay tuned next week for another episode of the big ticket life we'll see you next week take care so long, Eric. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of The Big Ticket Life. You've heard from another amazing guest living their own big ticket life, and now it's time to live yours. First, I'd love for you to take me up on my free gift to you. Find your gift at gift.thebigticketlife.live. That's gift.thebigticketlife.live. See, all your life you've been told what is and what isn't possible by the loudest voices from the cheapest seats. It's time to finally do life and business on your terms. Sure, you've heard similar things, but without clarity on what can be done, it's easy to have your customers, employees, maybe even partners and your spouse keep you from truly living a big ticket life. My big ticket methods shift you into that investor seat in your business, away from commodity and away from competition into a market of one so you can finally live your own big ticket life. So my gift to you is for you to book your discovery call today where we'll uncover first the Chivo behaviors, those chief everything officer behaviors that hold you back and why moving into the investor seat in your own business is critical 
too, we'll uncover the premium position that's up for grabs right now in your market that you're missing out on. And three, which big ticket methodologies are just waiting to be dropped into your business to explode your sales and profits. So again, thanks for listening to this episode. I'd love for you to take action right now. Accept this gift. Book your call. Go to gift.thebigticketlife.live. Again, that's gift.thebigticketlife.live.